Many of you might be wondering why I picked such a weird story. A story about Cain, who was the firstborn son of Adam and Eve, the first two humans on earth. Cain murdered his brother Abel, who according to the story, was the first human to die. I want to paraphrase this story for you to boil it down to one simple interpretation. Because Cain was jealous of his brother Abel, Cain murdered him. We must have the courage to find acceptance in ourselves. We must have the courage to do what we know is right. If Cain set the goal to do a great job and was not concerned about comparing himself to his brother, the story would have ended very differently. I don't think that it's a coincidence that the very first death in the Bible, the murder of Abel, was caused by jealousy. One of the greatest struggles for all of us is to find acceptance in ourselves and the courage to be ourselves. Cain was jealous because his, his goals were, to quote Julian Maldonado's tree talk, shaped by competition rather than by a set of ideals. Cain wanted to be better than his brother instead of being great in his own right. He was more concerned with how others thought of him instead of his actions, what he actually did. Cowardice and self-loathing are the roots of all meanness. I feel bad about myself and harm another to try to make myself feel better. It does not work, at least not for very long. Where is the happiness in crushing another? Where is the joy in making someone feel bad? Almost all of us have been jealous of and then mean to someone else. Almost all of us have been scared of the possibility of our own failure and sought the easy way out. It takes courage. Courage to get back up when you fall and courage to do what you believe is right no matter the consequences, no matter what other people may think or do. It takes great courage and conviction to, leave the, to live the good life and courage is what I want to talk about today. When I was thinking about courage, the movie Braveheart immediately came to mind. Braveheart is based on the life of William Wallace, a Scottish farmer turned rebel who led a group of men to fight against the British monarchy for control of Scotland during the 13th century. In the film, Wallace's courage lies in his relentless pursuit of his long-term goal for freedom for Scotland over the many short-term goals or short-term sacrifices that he makes for his country. Wallace is willing to sacrifice his life in the short term for the freedom of his country in the long term. I've asked a few of you to help me reenact a scene from Braveheart. So imagine that I'm William Wallace and you are all the Scottish army made up of farmers and herders. You're outnumbered and outmatched, and you're on the verge of turning to run because you are scared and worried about might, what might happen to you. Now, you all have a line, um, besides a few others that I asked, and you're going to say no. 
when I say, will you fight? So we'll practice it once. Will you fight? No. Awesome. Here it goes. If this is your army, why does it go? There it is. The English are too many. I didn't come to die. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? No. We will run and we will live. I fight and you may run. Run and you live, at least for a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell your enemies that they may take our lives, but they will never take our freedom. Okay, now we're back in New Hampshire. <laughs> if you lived in Scotland during that time, what would you do? What would you believe was right? William Wallace's answer was clear. He wanted freedom for himself and for Scotland. And he found courage because he thought about his goals and his success in the long, long term. Imagine that you are William Wallace. You are standing in front of thousands of people, people that you care about. You are trying to convince them to stay and fight, but they are telling you that you should run from your dreams, that you are not good enough, that the obstacles are too great. What would you do? If, like Cain, your goal was to find acceptance, to be liked or to be popular, the answer would be clear. You would listen to the crowd, and you would encourage them to run. But popularity only works in the short term. Yes, in the short term, you could go home and be comfortable, but the long-term oppression of your country would still persist. There cannot be courage without fear. Courage is the victory over the fear of short-term consequences for the success of long-term goals. Courage is the victory over the fear of short-term consequences for the success of long-term goals. If you are struggling on a hike, do you try and give up, scared that you might not be able to do it? Or do you find the courage to continue onward, knowing that you can take one more step? And by linking successive steps together, you will push your boundaries and become stronger. If you see a boy being picked on by another, do you turn away and stand idly by, scared that you might be picked on too? Or do you find the courage to stand up for someone who needs your help? If you have a passion for ballet, which is often thought to be uncool in male culture, do you pretend like football is your passion because you want others to think that you are cool so that you can be accepted and be popular? Or do you remain true to yourself and follow your dreams no matter the consequences. There cannot be courage without fear. 
After a major battle, when William Wallace defeated the British, King Edward I offered Wallace money. He offered him titles and land if he would join the British side. If Wallace switched side, sides, his life would have been made easy. If Wallace sacrificed his identity, who he was, he would have been rich and powerful. Would you have traded your identity and your dream for an easy life? For much of my life, I have wanted to be cool, to be popular. I used to imagine that life would be perfect if I was someone else. I thought that my only way of being happy was to transform myself because I did not like who I was. I thought I was clumsy, I thought I was stupid, and I wished that I was just someone else. When did that all start? Well, flash back to the last millennium when I was in the first grade. During silent reading, all the other kids read chapter books, and I was still stuck on Dick and Jane because I could barely read. Here's a sample. Fun with Dick and Jane. Look, look, look. Oh, oh, oh. Look, see it go, Dick said. Look up, Sally. You can see something. It is red and yellow. It can go up, up, up. It can go away. Sally said, I want to go up. I want to go up in it. I want to go up, up, up. I want to go away. <laughs> Much like Sally, I desperately wanted to escape. <laughs> so for a while I gave up on reading and started drawing during that time. I once remember a girl asked if she could draw during silent reading too. The teacher said no, and when the girl complained that it was unfair because I could draw, the teacher responded, he is different. I hated being different. Some days I hated so much that when others, or I hated so much that when I came home from school, I would bang my head against the wall, shouting, I hate myself, I hate myself, I hate myself. And a few times I even vomited, hoping that I would get rid of the part of me that made me worse than everyone else. The problem was that I was comparing myself to others instead of trying to be my best, trying to be and do what I thought was right. Despite that, by the third grade, I did learn how to read. My parents sent me to a school for kids with learning disabilities, and I was able to get the instruction that I needed. But was I happy? No. I had gotten into a cycle of comparing myself to others, thinking that I was not good enough, and that no matter the consequences, I just, or no matter what, I did, I just needed to be someone else. To quote Sam Dinas's tree talk from last year, when we act a certain way around each other, we brag about our achievements, when we boast of our abilities, when we toil tireless, tirelessly to try to be someone we are not, when we try to seem cool, we are frauds. We are wearing a mask. We are using the opinions of others to define what we value in ourselves. When I graduated high school, I decided I would try to be cool, and I did my best 
to become someone else. I turned myself into a meat stick football player. I changed the way that I dressed, wearing a cut-off t-shirt, baggy jeans, and a backwards baseball hat. I acted dumber, and I used homophobic, racist, and sexist language. I even selected friends based on who was popular instead of who I enjoyed being around, and I did my best to copy everything that they did. The worst thing that I copied was drinking excessively. One night, I drank so much that I started a fight with my roommate. He broke my nose, ran out of the room, and called uh, the campus police. I was sent to the hospital, I was banned from my dorm, and the next day, I was moved into temporary housing. The following day was lonely. I had no one to talk to about my problems because all of my friendships were based on popularity. When I tried to engage one of the cool guys that I hung out with, he could not give me the support that I needed, but he did offer to beat up my roommate for me. The next weekend, I went home for a break. When I pulled into the driveway, my parents came out to greet me, and my mother ran to the car and gave me a hug. As she pulled away, she looked at me with tears in her eyes and said, I don't know who you are anymore. That same competition for popularity, for admiration, and that same fear and jealousy that led Cain to kill his brother led me to kill my individuality. I had, I had achieved the same short-term goal of popularity at the expense of the long-term goal of being true to myself and to my dreams. I want to leave you with one final story, one of courage and success in contrast to my story of cowardice and failure. During a study abroad program in India, I was living with a Muslim family in the city of Jaipur. India is a Hindu-majority country, and the relations, between, relations are not great between Hindus and Muslims, which are the two dominant religious groups in the country. Nonetheless, my Muslim host family took me a Hindu festival because they thought it was an important cultural event for me to see. The festival was called Dashera, and during it, thousands of Hindus gathered around a giant bonfire made to look like Ravana, an even, evil demon with many heads. The bonfire was five stories high and was lit with a flaming arrow. The crowd let out a huge cheer as Ravana burst into flames and a volley of fireworks lit the sky. It was awesome. Now, the festival was in a walled stadium with just a few entrances. Once it was over, the family and I walked towards the entrance that was closest to us. We had waited for most of the crowd to clear. As we were approaching the exit, a group of about 20 to 30 men who had noticed my Muslim host family closed in on us. We were pushed and shoved. The space felt tighter and tighter. In all parts of the world, the escalation of mob violence can lead to death, to murder. I was scared for my life. I was scared for the family who was with me. But all of a sudden, one man charged into the mob that was surrounding us. He stood next to me and the family, and he looked straight into the eyes of the attackers. The shoving stopped. The man was clearly Hindu, and he knew the men who had come after us. Perhaps they were even his friends. He called a few of them by name, 
and he told them to stop, despite the fact that my host family were outsiders and looked down upon by, by many of the Hindus, not all. Um, he did what he thought was right. By saving, or he did what he thought and saved us. Um, and he told the mob that to get to us, they would need to go through him. His courage revealed that at the root of the mob's actions was cowardice. They were looking to hurt us to make themselves feel powerful. They were going along with what they thought was popular, what they thought was accepted. The mob ran away because one man did what he thought was right, no matter the consequences. To quote Heinrich Ibsen, the strongest man in the world is he who stands most alone. The strongest man in the world is he who stands most alone. It takes integrity to do the right thing when no one is watching. It takes courage to do the right thing when others tell you that you are wrong. You do not need to wait for a battle or a chance to stop mob violence to be a hero. Have the courage to be yourself and to be kind and to help others no matter what is popular or cool, and that will be more than enough. Now I want you to imagine that you are coming towards the end of your own life. What would you be willing to trade for all the days from this to that? What matters most to you? I hope that we will all find the courage to make that happen. Let's rise and sing hymn number eight. 